Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hey, Sharon, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm good. I can't complain. And when I do, you know, you don't want to listen to me. So that makes it even worse. <laughs> well, you right? know, sometimes nurses are the least compassionate people. You know, I've got a girlfriend. She'll complain about her knee. And I'm like, you got a leg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains my wife now. I get it. Okay. <laughs> it does make us less compassionate uh, sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to be like, you know, the, the typical nurse that runs and takes care of people and, you know, puts bandages on them and fixes them soup? And she's like, you're okay. Get up and do it yourself. That's right. Well, you not right. just take out that garbage. Jeez, I had to take the garbage out yesterday. I wasn't feeling good, you know. I mean, she's like, here, can you do this? I'm like, yes, yeah, sure. And then, oh, oh, the thing that took the cake, Sharon, I forgot to tell you about this one. So Landon was sick, and right. we had gone to a chicken stew, and he ate a little bit of chicken stew. And mm -hmm. so I'm downstairs and we've got this theater room and I'm laid back in the chair and watching TV and you're about to go to sleep. The door slams open. I need your help. And I was like, whoa, okay. All right. So I get up, I go upstairs. Landon has thrown up everywhere. You need to get the cleaner and clean this up. <laughs> I'm taking care of him. And I'm like, Oh my God, here I don't feel good. Now I got to go downstairs and get the carpet cleaner thing and hook it up, put the stuff in it. And so she's talking to me and, and I've only used it a couple of times, relatively new. And she's like, you need to do this. You need to put that in there. I said, I don't need you telling me what I need to do. Okay. Oh, uh, this might not have ended and very it, well. <laughs> it, it actually was fine because she kind of knew and I kind of knew, but I mean, it was, but anyway, back to the compassion thing. Nah, not a lot. Nah. Nah. Maybe nah. for other people. Nah. Yeah. And, yes. And, yes. That's and true. People, that is yeah, true. But but not for your spouses and stuff. You know, they can mm -hmm. take care of themselves. So All right, up, we better digress better on that one. Welcome to our listeners, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Maybe you guys can yes. relate to some of this, you know? I bet there's Snickers. If we could hear them, people are laughing. Yep, that's me. <laughs> uh, well, Sharon, we have a special guest with us today, somebody we've both known for, for many, many years. And I'll let you do the introduction because you had this great idea to bring him on. Yes, I would be happy to do that. 
Our guest today is Bobby Jones. And not only have I known Bobby for a long time, little known piece of information, when I ran for the state house in North Carolina, Bobby was my financial, let's see, what, what, what title did we give you? It was a uh, more of a marketing director. Marketing, marketing director. He yeah. was kind of a jack of all trades. He could do anything because yeah. he's the one who put together my initial budget and told me, okay, actually, we thought that I could run the campaign for $17,000. And yeah, well, it had never cost over $8,000 to win. So we said, Bobby put everything together and said, Seven, if you can raise seventeen thousand dollars, we can we can run this campaign, and we raised sixty seven thousand dollars. And you still lost. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> I still lost. Thank you. But we, you know, but why? We were know why. Yeah, exactly. We were outspent five to one. So yeah. you know, what do you do there, Sharon? I used to think your your blonde hair, you know, was just blonde hair, but I, I really didn't know that it was a target. <laughs> Frames the face very nice. Oh, honey. I I live with a target on my back. Okay, so Bobby has a podcast that I listen to all the time. (laughs) And I love his podcast. And I wanted to get him on our podcast so that CRNAs who have not had the opportunity to find him and listen to him can find him and go and listen to him also. So I listen to Bobby every single week. So, Bobby, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your podcast? Well, first we get into that. Why don't don't we hear a little bit about your background, Bobby, and and tell us a little bit about you and, you know, you've got an interesting background here and, uh, and that might bring our listeners up to speed and then you can tell us about our podcast. How about that? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, basically I am a retired CRNA. I was a, a nurse for a total of 13 years, a CRNA for eight of those You know, but in my path growing up, I was raised in a military household. Both my parents were, you know, government employees and we lived modestly but comfortably. And, you know, I I came from a family that, you know, had firefighters and people in the military and, and things of that nature. And so there was this idea that you need to go and and go to work and trade time for money, have a good solid W two job. And I was raised with the idea that you know, you need to go find a place that was going to give you some kind of a retirement. And so the interesting thing about that, though, is that uh, I came to discover later in life that I was much more of an entrepreneur. Um, I I just, I don't know if you can call it shiny object syndrome or, or whatever, but I was always looking for something else outside of what my traditional career was. And, and so I, I went through a ton of different uh, paths to, to kind of get to where I am today. And it was that process of discovery and that process of exploration and research that really led me to want to start this podcast. And uh, it's, it's the Plan B CRNA podcast. And the idea behind it is to shed a light on the different healthcare professionals who are doing something on the side, because that was something that blew me away when I actually got into the CRNA profession was how many people had something going on the side. And I'm like, why in the world do you need that when you have this job that is safe and secure and it's going to make you, you know, a, a very, very comfortable, good living? Why in the world do you need something on the side? And so that's kind of what 
I explored. And, and what I learned through my own experience is that, hey, you go through burnout, you go through um, times that are, are maybe a little more lean if you're, you know, working 1099. Um, you know, so having something on the side is, is a pretty good idea for, for most people. And so how do you go about finding that? Well, that's what the podcast tries to get into. Well, this kind of goes along with something that I've always said. CRNAs are the smartest people I know, and you can't fill them up. I mean, once they learn how to give anesthesia, they're always searching for something else. It's absolutely fascinating to me, the different things, the side hustles, if you will, that CRNAs have. And I remember, you never followed through with this, but when I was campaigning, you were looking at opening a distillery at one time or a a brewery. It was actually a a brew pub. It was a brew pub. Yeah, yes. well, and so, but that's, okay, so that's an interesting story because, you know, we had, uh, I learned a ton through that whole experience. Um, you know, we went through the process, it was me and and two other partners, and we were looking into starting a brew pub, okay? And for those listeners who aren't aware of the nuance, a brew pub is not just a brewery, it is a brewery and a restaurant. And so the idea that we had was that, hey, we could have the brewery that brought in money, we could have the restaurant that brought in money, and we can have, you know, we could have like music and entertainment and stuff that would bring in another source of revenue. So kind of a three-legged stool there uh, to rely on revenue. And the interesting part about that was that, um, you know, we we went to the banks and, you know, we had uh, a certain amount of money that we could put down, but it was going to cost about a million dollars to get opened up. And we had about a hundred thousand we could put in. And of course, the banks were like, eh, that's not enough equity. You know, yep. you, you need to bring a little more skin into the game. And we were like, what do you mean? It's a great business plan. It's this and that. <laughs> and 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 so in their response was that, well, if you could just do the brewery, then you wouldn't have to worry about the restaurant and, and breweries themselves have a lot higher percentage chance of making it. Whereas restaurants, I mean, what, 85% of them close? Yeah. So Especially their COVID, concern- right? Yeah. Oh, well, and this was before COVID. This was back, you know, 2015. But, um, but still, yeah, it was something that was, uh, was interesting because at the time I, you know, we had a team, I had a brewmaster and I had a restaurateur and then there was me. And so it was like, okay, well, if we don't need the restaurateur, then that's one of our partners that's just completely cut out of this idea, you know? And so basically then it's, it's me and the brewmaster, and what are, what are we going to do? So I, you know, they had the idea of you could have food trucks that come by and then figure out what your audience wants. And then you can do all that. And it just got to be a lot more like work. And I already had a job. So <laughs> I, I just thought, you know, this is just not coming to fruition and, and maybe it's for somebody else. Well, well, Bobby, I think you just hit one of the nails on the head there. I mean, any side hustle, anything you do is going to take time. And it's going to take a lot of time to do it right and actually start to make money from it. And I think a lot of times what we find with people is they get into these things and they're, they're really gung-ho and they're ready to roll and we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, the work starts coming and the time starts coming and then the money that needs to be put in starts coming and they go, whoa, wait a minute, to your point, mm-hmm. hey, I already have a job. I'm out of here. What do you say to that? Because I know that's something you've got to deal with a lot. Well, but that's the way it comes. I mean, uh, 
you know, what is it? They say, you know, it takes 10 years to make an overnight millionaire. Uh, you know, so like you have to put in the time and the effort and the research to, to make something happen. And even if you put in the time and the research, it may not be something that fits the lifestyle that you want. Correct. Yeah. You know, I agree with you completely. Like it, you can't go into something and think it's going to be easy. The, these TikTokers get up out there and, you know, these, these videos, on YouTube and, Oh, you, you know, I can get you making, you know, a thousand dollars a day or whatever. And so much of it is, is scammy and the numbers are inflated. The level of ease with which people say they make the money is just not accurate. And so that's where you have to really put some good time in and, you know, but, but the first step is, is getting the ideas um, of what you want to look into and finding a passion you know, and, and a lot of that comes from just trying to answer a question, you know, like it, I, I've had several people on the show who are inventors or, you know, they have their own business and they're, they're actively solving a problem for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, the passion that you have for a certain project can come in, but also, you know, there's a demand there. If you're answering a question yeah. and it's something that, that needs answering, then there's an automatic demand for what you're starting to produce or avoid or avoid. Yeah. 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 Well, there are, you, you put out kind of three different kinds of podcasts. You, you must, you must think in threes. (laughs) You know, my friend, Carol Deutscher, she calls it the trifecta. It's a a stool. You ever think about it? Yeah. Yeah. Carol calls it the trifecta. And so you've got a trifecta. So you have a provider spotlight, which Mm -hmm. I totally enjoy listening to the different things uh, that of CRNAs, their side hustles. I like the health coach, the weight loss coach. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to the gal who bought uh, ice machines right now. Of course, aesthetics. You've got uh, Mm -hmm. several providers on there. Thoughtful Thursdays, which you say you say is your therapy, and then the rabbit holes. I love the rabbit holes. So why don't you tell a little bit about that? Because it really sounds odd me saying that. Yeah. Well, so okay. The the reason I came up with rabbit hole is because uh, first off, Bigger Pockets has already taken deep dive, so I can't I can't steal from another podcast directly. So, uh, but I decided to do rabbit hole episodes because I often find myself going down rabbit holes to find out more information about different side gigs. And, you know, I had a period of time when I was working 1099 and I was working at an eye center and our particular anesthesia group was let go and they were hiring another anesthesia group. And so I was working then for a, uh, a GI center that needed me kind of sporadically. So I had a lot more time off than I was accustomed to. And what did I do then? I just went to podcast university. Like I just was listening to all kinds of podcasts, trying to find other ways to create income, you know, and, and uh, what is it? Necessity breeds invention is what they say. So (laughs) that's what I was trying to do was just trying to find out more information. And I love it. I love finding out more information about different side hustles and side gigs (laughs) and, so what I do for the listeners is I pick a particular um, side gig and I do, you know, a, a deep dive on it. And I do a lot of research and I try to present in a fairly systematic way 
what is the market for this particular side hustle? Um, you know, what is the demand? What is the growth projection? Uh, how do you actually get into it? How much does it cost? You yeah. know, what kind of time commitment is required? Competition and barriers to entry. Yeah, competition. Yeah. What's the yeah. competition like? Because if if it's a high cost to entry, that's that's a high barrier to entry, right. which means you have less competition. Right. So, um, but different things like that. And then going through the process of what it looks like to actually start down that road and and how long you can expect things to take, um, which oftentimes it it does take longer than you think to get these things off the ground. But, you know, if you're patient with it and it's something you enjoy doing and, and you're bringing value to other people, then it can, these things can all uh, be very successful. And then um, finally, I go through uh, pros and cons. So I try to, you know, again, take a very systematic approach to, okay, well, if you go down this road, what what is the possibility here? Okay, well, you have the possibility of making a lot of money in a, you know, relatively reasonable amount of time. Or, hey, this is a, a high cash flow business. Or, hey, there's a ton of tax benefits involved with this particular side hustle. So different things like that. And then, of course, the cons. Hey, this takes a heck of a lot of your time. So maybe yeah. it's not great for, you know, somebody who's already working full time. Or, you know, maybe that that cost of entry is really high. And, and so the barrier to entry is pretty high or, you know, some other specialized thing. It just depends on the particular, you know, project that you want to take on. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim. And most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. Hey, Bobby, have you ever read the book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber? Oh, I've heard of it, but I have not read it. Man, I'm telling you, it is one of the best books I've ever read in my business career. And, and basically, he breaks down why most small businesses fail. And it's, it's a pretty simplistic concept. I mean, it really is. It is most of us, because I'm very entrepreneurial, you're very entrepreneurial, Sharon is a little bit entrepreneurial. Um, I kind of grab her <laughs> kicking and screaming into the entrepreneurial world. Anyway, it only took That's me about true. 22 years to get her to do it. But with anyway. the anesthesia, I'm entrepreneurial in every other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah are, pretty absolutely, much. Absolutely, I, I have absolutely. seen that entrepreneurial absolutely. spirit with but, her. <laughs> but what he talks about is, you know, we all get into into business or doing things because we're technicians. We know how to do something. For example, you know, Bobby, let's say I'm really good at playing the guitar and you want to come to me to take lessons. I'm a great guitar player. Now I'm getting really busy. You start referring people, Sharon does. Well, now I've got to hire somebody and I've switched hats now. I'm not only a guitar player, I'm now an employer and now I've got to do some accounting stuff and now I've got to do some HR stuff. And, and as you continue to grow, there's more, you got to pay taxes. You got to do all these things that you really don't like doing. 
kind of like our CRNA clients. They really don't Mm -hmm. like doing this stuff, but you've got to do it. And at some Mm -hmm. point, that pain threshold comes and you go, this is not why I got in business. Mm -hmm. And that's why most small businesses fail because they're technicians at heart. They're not business owners. Great book, but it goes down exactly what you're talking about right now. Yeah, well, I think, you know, some of the mistakes that people make in the beginning is they they don't do enough research first off. And so they don't know what, and, and they don't have a clear path for what this actually looks like for them. Um, so do you want to have a business that is you doing everything? Uh, maybe you've got a virtual assistant who does a few things for you, but largely you are the face of of whatever business it is and you do the brunt of the work. Or are you looking to scale? You know, and, and a lot of people, you mentioned that pain threshold uh, with when you're growing a business. That's because a lot of people, uh, and, and CRNAs in particular, let's be honest, we're all type A, we're all control freaks, right? Um, so Slightly, yes. It, it, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> varying degrees. But, yes. you know, the idea is that you get to a certain point, and if you want to grow, you have to have a team of people that you trust around you that you can then give some of that work to. Because again, you're looking for something that promotes your own, the lifestyle that you want to live. So if you can take, and, and somebody else is good at finances, then, and, and you hate that side of the thing, then you can go and, and have your other person take care of that because they like it, they enjoy it, they're better at it. That's it's, why you did it for me. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it, and it freed you up to be able to, to go and, you know, it's do the, the things baby. that you're good at, the, the things that, that you're passionate about that, that feed your soul, you know, because that's really what it comes down to is, you know, when it, I have people on the show that are finding success outside of their traditional career, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I try to do, but success is measured in so many different ways. And so if we don't know what success looks like for ourselves, then it's hard for us to figure out what the heck we want to do. So defining that that goal of what you want things to look like for yourself, what's that lifestyle look like? Do you want to have something that is more active that you can put more of yourself into? Or do you want something that's more passive that is just you know putting off cash flow uh, every month or something like that? Everybody's different. And I've seen so many people that, you know, they're so happy and this person's working a ton and this person is just kind of dabbling, you know, find what works for you. And to do that, you just, you have to have good resources. So what is the most interesting thing that you've thought about and then went on to research in your rabbit holes? Oh gosh. (laughs) Okay. So I just Most heard about- one that I thought was pretty cool, uh, and it kind of relates to you a little bit. It's uh, how to uh, reading audio books. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my uh, most recent one. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, and the idea behind that is, uh, you know, I've had a podcast for a little while. I've had some people that have approached me and said, "Hey, you have a really good voice. You should look into reading audio books or you know doing s- some voice work." And I started to go down that rabbit hole. And I figured out, okay, I need to just do a podcast on just audiobooks, and then mm-hmm. I need to come back to voice work because being a voice mm-hmm. actor and doing stuff like that on the side is completely different 
from doing audiobooks. And so that was an interesting one because it was it was a lot more nuanced than I thought it would be. And that's what I often find is is that so many of these things are very, very nuanced and uh, more so than, you know, again, the, the YouTube videos will have you believe you have to put in some some work and time and effort. But, um, you know, one of the interesting things and, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but I had a four part series that I did on cryptocurrency and I did that over the summer. And of course, you know, that that was after some of the crash that's happened with with crypto. And of course, a lot more has happened in the crypto space since then. But learning just the basics of the crypto markets and how they're intended to function and then learning where the risks of that kind of an investment are. Hey, it's not very regulated and anybody can get into it. That means anybody can get into it, you know, like literally anybody. So there's good and bad to that. That was an interesting one. I've had some others that uh, that, that are some of my particular favorites. Um, there is one on um, being a loan signing agent that Ooh. I found. I just really enjoyed that idea. Um, and, and basically the idea is that anytime you sign a, a mortgage document or, or anything like that, uh, there is somebody there who has to witness and be a part of that process and show you exactly where to sign on the dotted lines and, and stuff like that and make sure you do things correctly. And that's a person who gets paid to do that. And the pay is often, you know, pretty good. So that was one that I just never thought of. And it's a low barrier to entry. You become a notary, you take a loan signing class, and that can cost anywhere from a couple hundred to a little over a thousand dollars. And you get your equipment and you're you go. And it was it's kind of a PRN gig that people can do on the side and and it's low stress. I mean, you're literally watching people sign papers. But <laughs> wow, the thing is, you I never there knew there was something like that. <laughs> you, there's nuance to it though, because you think about the many different types of loan documents that are out there. I mean, there's so many possibilities. And if you don't guide somebody the right way, if there's a signature missed, then that's a ding on you and you got to go back or, or they have to go back and sign it again. And you may have trouble getting work if you're not crisp and mm -hmm. on top of things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, that's a downside. There's not a whole lot of room for error there, but uh, that was one of my favorites. Um, another one that I, it was one of my favorites was um, merchant processing. Basically that one is about, you know, the, you go into a store and everywhere you go in a store, they have a card reader. Well, the merchants that that are processing those those payments, they have to pay a certain percentage to the the banks. And so, you know, getting a piece of that pie, getting uh, you know, going up to companies and saying, "Hey, I've I've got the backing of these banks and stuff like that," um, partnering up with with good partners. And uh, and saying, hey, I can offer you services. I, I can get you a new machine or uh, better services and I can save you money through my services versus the services that you're currently using. And then you get a small slice of that. And so there is a maintenance part of that where, hey, you know what? I go in and I visit these stores, you know, once every couple of months. You know, maybe I refill their their paper for the receipts. Maybe I, I do different, you know, other things for them. You know, so there's a customer service aspect to it. But the idea is that it is 
generally, you know, somewhat passive income because once you get a company, you know, uh, to to get on board with you, then you get residual income from that. Hmm. Have you done one on secret shoppers yet? <laughs> so I did do a, uh, well, not specifically secret shoppers, um, but that reminds me of my Christmas episode last year. I went into a bunch of different uh, side hustles around the holidays. So, um, you know, basically there, you could be a UPS driver on the side during the holidays, make a good living, you know, or work for UPS, make a good living. You can, uh, you know, do a, you can have a Christmas tree farm or just sell Christmas trees on the side. Mm-hmm. You could um, they make a ton of money doing that, right? Do. Do. Just remember living. you're I'd... a farmer though. Yeah, exactly. So you just can write it. off your farm. Yeah. <laughs> So That's there's right. some tax benefits there. Right. Um, but, you know, they, there are so many things around the holiday. You can, you can go put up lights for people. Um, a lot of landscaping companies are doing this now where they need people to put up lights on people's houses and take them down after the holidays. So the RNA that you probably know too, who used to work at Pottery Barn during the Christmas season because she decorated very well and she could get everything for like 50% off. So she would work there and get all of her stuff every year. And she said it was actually kind of cool because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd like to do something mindless, um, uh, kind of like that. A guy I went to high school with was vice president of special events at Disney. And I told him I wanted to come down there and do a sabbatical and work in Disney. Um, I told him I wanted to be sleeping beauty, but he told me I was too old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she doesn't age at all. It's amazing. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Um, so, so, Bobby, let's talk about the podcast. How did you get started and what gave you the idea to do a podcast? I remember exactly when Sharon and I started doing this podcast. We we were at the NCNA meeting in Charlotte at the Embassy Suites, and Sharon and I are talking, and she goes, we need to do something together. What should we do? And then she goes, I got it. Let's do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I've never done a podcast before of you. She goes, no, but I've listened to a lot of them. And so we're there. <laughs> And and Deb Flaherty was there, and so we start brainstorming about this name, and she actually came up with a name. So I remember exactly when we started doing it, and I thought, yeah, you know, we'll we'll try this, you know, we'll see where it goes. And now, two hundred and what forty episodes later, yep. here mm-hmm. we are. So it, it's interesting to me for other folks who've gotten into the podcast business. How, what what gave you the idea? Why why did you decide to do this? Well, so I had started my own business. Uh, about a year before, uh, right before the pandemic. And the goal that I had was I was going to go to uh, different CRNA conferences that I'd been to, and I would have a booth, and I would tell people all about my business. Then a month after I opened, uh, you know, I, I, I got my LLC done, everything shut down. Yeah. I mean, everything was done. Perfect everything timing, Bobby. I mean, you, you couldn't have planned this any better. I couldn't. I mean, that story of my life, right? So... But what I did, what that forced me to do, though, and, and it was a, a blessing 
in disguise because what I had to figure out there was I had to create something of value to give to people. I did not initially want to be in the content production business. Uh, It wasn't something that I saw myself doing. I thought, you know, gosh, that's a lot of time and effort that you got to put in something. But it was something that I knew it was kind of being pushed by some of my peers. And, you know, so what I had to do, I waited a while and I tried to adjust my business accordingly. And I got to a certain point where I was at a conference and this was January of uh, 2021. And they had a uh, a gentleman there who did a, a whole presentation on podcasting and why it was important to have a podcast, why it was important to have a platform for your business and and how you could become a thought leader through that process, you know, of, of starting a podcast. And I mean, it came down to, I, and I told you guys, the, you know, the microphone that I use, he went into that, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, here you need to get some good noise canceling headphones and get yourself a green screen and do all these different things. And all this stuff is not there. The, the barrier to entering into the podcast space is not high, but the problem is that most people start a podcast and then they, they stop before they even hit their 25th episode. Yeah. And it takes six to nine months to really start coming to fruition with what you're trying to accomplish. And it takes that long to build up an audience, to get the word out, word of mouth, or however you're doing it, and to really build your listenership up. And so I decided at that point, you know, there were so many podcasts on, you know, real estate and financial matters and and things of that nature. And to be quite honest, I get bored talking about that. Uh, so I wanted to do something that was different and I wanted to gear it towards healthcare professionals and specifically CRNAs because that's my community. That's where, you know, I, I, I have forged relationships over the years and, uh, and that's the company that are the, the, the people, the group of people that I basically, I identify with the most. And so, and I've seen the burnout and, and, you know, people coming into work and just not, you know, feeling very happy about it. Um, you know, and, and people, it, it amazes me that people in these six figure jobs feel trapped. Yeah. Why in the world are we feeling trapped? So what I want you to can't do, get out to pee when you want to. Well, exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, okay. Well, you got 10 minutes for lunch and you know, you get 10 minutes. Where's yeah, that maybe, job? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know, uh, Hey, it, the idea for it though, was because I, again, I had already researched a ton of different side hustles and, you know, that's something that, that I was passionate about. And I said, you know, I could provide a lot of value to people. If I just write it down, if I, if I could bring it together and put it into easily, uh, an easily digestible format, then I could help people determine in a very efficient fashion, whether or not a particular side hustle was for them or not you know, do that initial piece of research for people because I've already done it. And I say that because, you know, like I I would go to a certain point with a side hustle and I would spend a certain amount of money getting, you know, my my feet wet a little bit because you kind of have to, you want to get into it a little bit to see if it's really for you. And then, hey, okay, I've reached, like you said, that pain threshold. Okay. If, if I'm really going to get into this now, I got to put my money where my mouth is and I got to, spend some real time on this. And that's when you start to evaluate. 
you know, okay, I've put a little bit of money in here. I do have a little bit of onus, you know, but I need to, to really evaluate whether this is for me. And so my goal with the podcast is, you know, I, it's, it's really threefold. That's why I have three different episodes. Okay. So first I, I want to help people discover what it is that they're passionate about or that could work for them on the side. You know, they're looking for something. I want to cover it and help people out. Secondly, I want to interview people in the anesthesia community that are doing those things on the side that are Mm -hmm. finding success. Um, Whether or not that means you're making a ton of money or you're doing something that just fulfills you, that just feeds your soul. And there are so many people that I've had on that are in that situation where it's like, you know, I just, I love what I'm doing and and I don't want to stop. So, and then thirdly, you know, like you said, those thoughtful Thursday episodes, I, I take a, a quote uh, for the day and I just kind of riff on it a little bit, do a little bit of research on it too. But, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's kind of like my therapy. So whatever I'm thinking about at that time, I want to do a little deep dive on it. So that's what I do. Hey, Sharon, we've got some exciting news to share with people today, don't we? Yes, we do. And why don't you let the cat out of the bag, Jeremy? <laughs> wow, I don't usually put cats in bags. Is that kind of a deep-seated <laughs> thing with you or what? You know. Uh, well, you know, some of our listeners know we've been doing live podcasts around the country at different state association meetings, A&A events, and so forth. And May 4th through the 7th, we're actually going to be at the Pennsylvania State Meeting. Sharon, you've been there a lot and spoken a lot there. Um, at the Hotel Hershey. Um, yes. Yeah, and I've never been to the Hotel Hershey. So I'm kind oh of my gosh, you are that. in for a treat. When you check in, they ask you milk or dark because you get chocolate when you check in. Mm, wow. It's it's really cool. So, listeners, if you want to go to a great meeting, Pennsylvania puts on a great meeting. We'll be doing the live podcast taping there and. They're going to be having a party there, too. And guess who the DJ is? Uh, let me think. Does his last name end with Pierce? Yes, it does. DJ so Pierce come will be join us. <laughs> Can't leave the house without him anymore, you know? That's right. So join us in, in Pennsylvania at the Hotel Hershey, May 4th through the 7th, and come to a great meeting. So, Bobby, what would you like to leave? CRNAs with as we wrap this up and my wrap up for this is listen to the plan B podcast. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that wrap up. Uh, Everybody (laughs) should come and listen. Uh, But, (laughs) but seriously, you know, I, I think what I want to leave people with is the idea that we have, you know, we, we kind of create bubbles for ourselves and we want to think that our, current lifestyle, our, our livelihoods are more secure than they actually are. And I think what COVID did mm-hmm. was it kind of opened our eyes up to, to say, you know what, what do I do if I don't have this profession to lean on? You know, because any, any number of things can happen in your life. Um, you know, whether your spouse loses a job or you, you know, become ill and and can no longer go to work. I mean, how many how many CRNAs have wrist and hand problems and they can't mask a patient anymore, you know? Uh, and they have to retire because they've done it for years and now they've got problems. 
there are, there are different things that can happen. I mean, heck, you get in a car accident. I mean, that, anything can happen. So having a plan B is just a matter of not putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, because as we've seen with the economic volatility, with inflation, with everything else, there's a lot going on right now. And I think it's just best to try and be prepared for any number of things that can happen to you. Um, I, I was amazed at how many healthcare providers when the pandemic hit, they were freaking because they were living paycheck to paycheck. Lifestyle creep is a real thing. Absolutely. Uh, and, and particularly in the anesthesia community, because what nurses have, it, you know, they, they come up through nursing school and there's a certain mentality that it takes to become a nurse. And you're making a, a, a certain amount of money as a nurse. But then you go on to become a CRNA and you're making more money than you've ever made. And, and we, can, we can say this is upper middle class money. I mean, this is top 10% of the country money that, that CRNAs make. So how do you approach that? What are you doing with your money to put it to work for you? You know, are you going out there and you're buying the, the new Lexus or are you buying assets that pay for that Lexus? Yeah. No. That's kind of, you know, what I try to get people to to switch their thinking about is like, how, how can I put my money to work for me so that if something happens, I don't have to worry because my money's already working for me. Oh, Lord, we better end this up because I'll have to take a water hose to, to a y'all. I know, I know. I can talk about this stuff for a yeah, long, long well, time. Yeah, well, this is Jeremy. This yeah, is Jeremy. So I, 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 better, I, I better stop this right now. You have just <laughs> blown wind up his skirts right now with that, that hole. Oh, <laughs> uh, how did you know you saw the look on my face or what? I, I mean, know. <laughs> I know both of you guys very, uh, very well. Yeah. Yes, you do. Well, you, yes, you know, you Bobby, I, I'll just kind of hand it but um, but i mean you're exactly right i mean a lot of crnas do have lifestyle creep i mean you, you know whatever you want to call it i mean i see it all the time how do you make two three hundred thousand dollars a year sorry sharon and you are living <laughs> paycheck to paycheck it is it amazes me not that all crnas are like that but the fact that even no. You know, mm-hmm. a, a big sum of CRNAs live like that. And the, the mentality is, is that if I need more money, I'll just work another shift. Yeah. You know, if I need more money, I'll, I'll work two more shifts. Or, mm-hmm. you know what, I can get that purse because that's only half a shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, or whatever. I can take that vacation. You know, yeah, it's $15,000. But you know what, I'll just work a little extra to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And and to Bobby's point, you know, the good the good part about um, what I, I think I heard you say is what would happen if you took that and you put it in something that helped you generate money so that later on, maybe you can do those things and you've got it paying for itself just in case something happened, kind of mm-hmm. like happened in COVID, kind of like happened in 2008. I'll never forget 2008. I mean, CRNAs were scared to death. They were running back because there was no 1099 work. You couldn't hardly get a job as a W-2. People were freaking out. Same thing in COVID. You know, the 1099s were like, oh, my God, I don't have enough work. There's no work out there. I've got to go two months without income or three months, and I can't do that. I, I can tell you a CRNA I'm thinking in my head right now. It makes three hundred and fifty, dollars almost $400,000 a year. 
she could not get through two and a half months without work. Couldn't oh, do man. it. Could not do it. I mean, yeah. so so these are real these are real things, you know. And I'm not again, I'm not saying all CRNAs. I'm just saying some. And um, and, and this is, I mean, I mean, I just I thought that was a, a great point. And yes, Sharon, you probably saw me light up because it just hit me <laughs> like but, a Christmas tree. But, you know, I mean, I, the good thing about you, Bobby, is you're not just talking about this from an angle of someone who's talking about Plan B. You're talking about it from the angle of being a CRNA having mm-hmm. lived that and understand that community, which is, I, I got a little bit of that because I've been working with them for so long and I sleep with one every night. But and it's not it's me, It's the y'all. same one. It's the same one. I'm not saying. <laughs> and it's not I'm me. I'm not trying to be It's ugly not me here. either. No, it's not Bobby either, I promise. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it's just, you have that inside track and, and that's something that, you know, I've got a little bit of it, but nowhere near that you do, because if I went in to mask someone or intubate someone or, or give them some sort of drug, whether it's propofol or whatever it is, they're going to die. I mean, and that's it. You know, yeah. you could probably do it and they'd live. Right. So, Hey, you know, you got an advantage there, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but you know, and, and I, I just think if people can open up their minds a little bit, and shift that mindset because that was the thing. When I first got into the profession, I had that mindset of if I need extra money, why would I do a side hustle? I'll just work another shift. Yep. But then I came to realize, okay, well, you're going to work another shift. Maybe you make a thousand bucks, but then how much are you going to get taxed on that? You know? So it's, it's a matter of tra- training yourself, changing your mindset to that, uh, you know, away from the idea of, okay, I, I'm a W2 worker and I make middle-class income you know, and I need to put away just into my, you know, different accounts and yada, yada to, you know, now I'm, I'm wealthy. I make very good money. I need to start thinking like wealthy people and wealthy people don't always trade time for money. They buy assets and have those assets pay for their lifestyle. Yep. I love that. Absolutely. Very true. Very true. All right, Sharon. Well, I think it's a wrap, but Bobby, we want to thank you for being on. Thank you for all you're doing for the, the CRNA community out there. And, you know, always, you, you always have wonderful insight. And I know that I'm, I'm glad Sharon kind of put this out here and put it in my ear. And, um, you know, we wish you all the luck in the world and hope your family's doing well. And, um, Sharon, I think it it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh-huh. you guys so much. Uh, I'm, I'm so humbled to be on the show today and, I really appreciate this opportunity that you guys have given me. So thank That's right. you. So Keep much. your time open right. when in case I run for office again. I'm going to need right. it hey. again. You, <laughs> you know, know it'd, it'd be the band back together. Get Deb Flaherty. You know, she <laughs> named the podcast, oh, yeah. and you've seen her creativity in action. Oh, I there. love Deb. So, you know, I love Deb. You know, together. Sharon, the band never all gets back together, but never, you know, it never, never works that way. You know, never <laughs> no. works that way. So. No. Well, the lead singer is still going to be in the band. There you go. All right. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. Did you forget again? I mean, you know. No, I did remember my name today. (laughs) Sharon, if they like our show, they want to help us grow. What can they do to help our show grow? Well, the best way to help us to grow is to leave us a review, but make it positive. We all know there's enough negativity in this world. That's right. Tell all your friends, share us on social media, because we're in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country on the way to number 
Number one, of course, just like we are in the CRNA community, and we could not be there without our listeners. We want to thank our CRNAs, and again, if you know people like Bobby who are doing great things for CRNAs out there in the community, let us know. That's how we get these stories that we bring to you every single week, Um, and tell us. Tell us. We'd love to have them on. I agree. Till next time. It's a wrap. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.